Pussy Tales, a discussion with women to explore the shift and share the stories of what can happen when we reclaim pleasure as our birthright and embrace a more feminine way of being. We are Jen and Nicola, and we are the creators of Book Club with a Difference and founding members of the Wild Beauty and Pleasure Alliance. We are so excited and delighted to introduce or reacquaint you to the hidden power of a part of the body that has long been defiled, defamed and discounted. Yes, that part is pussy, because let's face it, pussy is where it's at. We are thrilled that you have chosen to join us here as we sit back in our own pleasure and share in the lives and the stories of some of the women who have been courageous enough to reclaim their pleasure, their power, and their pussies. These are their pussy tales. These recordings take place on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we are recording and also where you are listening from today and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. We recognise their continuing cultural, spiritual and religious practices and their connection to the land, water and the community. Hello listeners and followers of Pussy Tales. I'm Jennifer Annette and in this episode I am delighted to be inviting sister goddess Nicola Belcher to share with you her pussy tale. Apart from being an amazing friend and uh, my co-creator in all things pussy, Nicola is an embodiment coach and well-being facilitator for both personal and professional groups. She has a long history working in corporate human resources and is now committed to bringing her passion for embodiment and women's well-being into these spaces. Her programs and workshops are all focused on creating greater awareness so that we all have greater choices in how we show up every day. As mentioned in our epilogue, Nicola is also a mum to her fur baby Reuben and as we record this episode, she is in the process of baking a mini goddess due to land Earthside in a couple of months. Through her reclamation process, Nicola has been christened Sister Goddess Pussy Path Manifesta and this interview will show you why. I would describe Nicola as creative, intuitive, alchemizing, and in the best possible of ways, a risk taker who trusts in that sense of knowing that more is always possible. Her pussy tale here in this episode includes juicy topics such as embracing the feminine and the wisdom of the body, alchemizing ruptures, and trust, trust, and more trust. So I now invite you to sit back in your most pleasured state and enjoy listening to Nicola's pussy tale as she inspires you with her story and her insights. Hello, ST Nicola. It's an honour to have you here today. Uh, welcome to the Pussy Tales podcast. <laughs> Thank you. How cool is this? How cool is episode? Yes, very cool, very cool. So SG Pussy Path Manifesta, let's get straight <laughs> into it. 
<laughs> Holy moly. Don't hold back. No holding back. No holding back, especially with USG. So on, yeah, a scale of, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you enjoy being a woman? Yeah, that's really hitting to the core of it straight up, isn't it? Um, thanks for having me, SG Jen, as the uh, first first guest on the on the podcast, Pussy, Pussy Podcast. Today, this this number fluctuates for me sometimes, like by the hour. But if as I sit here recording this, um, I would have to say about an eight today. Awesome, awesome. Mm. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So I'm going to ask you some questions as we go through today, conversational style, but I'd love you to share with our listeners here today what first called you to reconnect to the feminine. Well, I'd have to say that I don't know that I had a calling to the feminine um, because I didn't really know what the feminine was until I um, got into this work. So... For me, uh, my connecting back into this work, into pleasure, into my own body, really started um, through this feeling of like, oh, I think there's more. I feel like I'm missing a piece and I feel that I'm striving towards something. But every time I sort of get there, I don't feel like it's enough. Um, and so... I had been working doing energy healing um, for maybe, I don't know, six years doing energy and I'd studied homeopathy and it was, um, yeah, all about connecting with people's sort of higher selves and energy. But all I was ever doing was really getting people to connect back into their bodies. And so I think for me, connecting back into what I now know as the feminine or this sense of feeling, um, feeling more, being able to feel more came from this acknowledgement that I wasn't and I didn't feel that much and I didn't felt like I could express myself in that way um, and I didn't really feel that that was valued in anything that I was doing or even necessary to be honest because I I had felt quite successful doing what I was doing, but always with a touch of dissatisfaction. And I felt like that was probably my major sense of feeling that was going on at the time. Mm, Awesome. Mm. So it sounds like you'd already taken the step of getting out of your head. And I imagine your experience, uh, like working in corporate HR, you would have been in your head a lot of the time. So is that the thing that most called you then when we talk about being called back to the feminine as like trusting in your own sense of feeling and knowing? Is that, was it that aspect of wanting more? I think it was just this sort of, I've always been quite intuitive in a way, but not necessarily grounded in it. And so um, for those listeners, that is my fur baby mentioned on the thing, Ruben making those noises in the background. Um, but I think uh, it, it was for me, I'd sort of gone down this kind of, in, I'd been the intellectual path and then I'd been on the spiritual path, but then I'd like realise oh, I'm in a human body and I'm not 
connected to it in a positive way. And I've been very lucky from, I don't know, a lot of women um, have suffered a lot of sort of, you know, body shame or um, abuse or whatnot or whatnot in that kind of thing, but trauma. But that wasn't my story, but I still didn't have a connection to um, my body and what it was able to offer in ways of um, guidance or wisdom. Mm. And so I felt I could connect to an energetic piece no problem no problem would you like me to channel sure why not but it it didn't always land and so stuff that i would come through a more kind of energetic energetic knowing just didn't stick and that's what i found with my clients as well was that they would know stuff but then they couldn't trust it and that feeling of trust and knowing knowing comes from that sense of embodiment and how you use that intuition um, to manifest in the physical world. So we might be all energetic and everything is energetic, but if we want to make it come into fruition, we have to know it within our humanness, in our animal bodies, in our physicality. And so I think for me there was a big um, disconnect in that. And, you know, what I've now sort of uncovered through all the work that we've done is, you know, nothing is more real than our senses, really. (laughs) And our ability to access those and our ability to slow down, to be with those, which is where, for me, the biggest lessons in the feminine have come from. This ability to slow down, connect, even just, you know, for a lot of people, like being in nature is one of the big um, things that always makes them feel better. But to feel better in that, you have to engage with all your senses. You know, you can run through a forest and it does nothing. <laughs> but if you want to connect, you have to really sit, sit, slow down and engage with what is there. And that's where you mm. get the most pleasure out of it. Um, so, yeah, just this kind of really coming back into the body. I mean, and I share in book club a lot um, in the beginning about my complete, like, disconnect from the feminine and that, you know, all I really thought the feminine was was, like, flowy, flowery Laura Ashley dresses and that just did not appeal to me. <laughs> so why would I want that? However, you know, through um, through my investigations and really um, – we'll probably touch on this later, but it's like, you know, my first steps into this were through Koya and through the movement practice of learning to move my body to feel more really gave me such a greater depth of understanding of where the benefits of the feminine are that I was missing, that I just had not incorporated into my life at all. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So is there is there kind of a first defining experience that you can remember where you tapped into that wisdom in your body? Was that through Koya or did it happen even before that? I think it really was through Koya. I think I had tried to do it in other ways, but it wasn't um I'd never done it I guess consistently enough um to have that experience. But when I discovered Koya, um 
the first thing I did was I went on a retreat and I went to Bali and I then danced Koya every day for five, six days. And I remember saying to the um, Rochelle Sheik, the creator, oh my God, everything looks different. Everything feels different. Like colors look different because I'm now in my body. And I was just like hugging her saying, thank you so much for giving me this gift. And um, just this, such a sense of groundedness and knowing and such a sense of gratitude for everything that I had been given or um, experienced today. You know, my first kind of insights into connecting to my own feminine, well, female lineage came through Koya and and that experience in Bali doing that retreat. Um, so I really think for me that was the beginning of, I think, you know, I intuitively had started to see through other people this disconnect from the body and then realize well I was exactly the same <laughs> so you know you always teach what you need to learn so doing um finding that practice really uh allowed me to live that to live the difference of that that shift from being in the energetic or the head to being in more alignment with all three and finding mm. that, um, what was the word we talking about before, congruence in in what I wanted to create Thank in the you. world. Yeah, Myself. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And for those people listening who aren't familiar with Koya, it's spelled mm. Q-O-Y-A. Um, and, yes, go away and investigate or reach out to one of us if you'd like to know more because um, right. it's been a powerful, been a very powerful influence in both our lives and is, is right up until today. So that's awesome. Thank you. So something that we wanted to touch on in the sharing of stories is some of those common barriers that women can come up against in becoming whole and you and I have both witnessed this sort of individually and then collectively in the work that we've done together those barriers as you already mentioned earlier body shame um, embarrassment perhaps numbness um losing our voice or not feeling like we even had a voice to start with yeah um, uh, you know and that then results in the powerlessness and the helplessness um disapproval of self and we've seen this show up again and again that that can often be where anger that, that resentment and anger can can flourish from so I wonder what of these common barriers do you identify in your story if any of them Mm, I think for me, before getting into this work, it was really about um, this sense of wanting more or this sense of knowing that there is more and therefore recognising that I was numb wherever I was at. And then I think there was also a bit of embarrassment. So, you know, we now run a book club a book club with a difference that has the book pussy on its cover like pussy or reclamation is the book that we use and I couldn't have even really said that word or I think there was a bit of embarrassment like oh I felt like I was quite a successful individual but really my connection to my pussy or connection to my pleasure or um 
a complete like um oh what's the word it's like when you just don't know ignorance like a complete ignorance to my sexuality and I'd really just kind of followed the path you know what had what was in front of me and I had been rewarded for that like I to anybody else I was a successful single woman doing a thing independent all amazing and it was it wasn't that I was not kind of happy but just that nagging feeling that there was something more and so I think there was a bit of um intimidation a bit of uh I don't know like even overwhelm that I kind of started to recognize I didn't know anything you know I was 30 whatever four five I think when I came into this work and um just recognizing holy shit if I don't do this now like when would I do it like when would I make this exploration or when would I even get curious about it or when would I be given the opportunity to get curious about it and so for me it was really that thing of okay there is more and I can see for women who have done this work wow they're living differently to me or they have a greater sense of feeling about what they want and what they don't um and I wanted that. I wanted more of that. And I wanted to explore that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So would you would you say that it was your desire for more that allowed you to overcome those points of resistance and take the next step? And if so, what yeah. was that step? Yeah. Well, I think for me it was that sense of more. But then it was also like all the events leading up to where I was at. And so... You know, one of my greatest um, influences and loves of my life is my eldest sister, Jack. And she has always been, to me, a leader in this space. She's gone and done amazing things. And um, she's always encouraged me and introduced me to all the stuff that she was courageous enough to go and do um, first. And so really it was the encouragement of my sister (laughs) that was the facilitation of the next step and her saying you have to do this work like you can't just sit in your own thing right now like come and do it and um and make that commitment to yourself and so really that through that sisterhood even though yeah she's my biological sister but really any woman can do it for another woman is you know, supporting that woman to want more and have mm. more. Yeah, and we see that show up all do. the time. We see that all show up time. all the time, right, through sister goddess activism, like Regina Thomas Schauer calls sister goddess activism, and which is what we see women who go through book club then bringing in their friends and their sisters because they're wanting them also to have that experience and to yeah. reclaim all parts of themselves. Absolutely. And then once you start on the park, you're like, oh, my God, I want everybody on this park because totally it just adds so much more to your life. It just creates a different level of depth to your experiences. Even the most simple experiences become 
so much more transformative than they would have otherwise been or you notice more, you feel more, you sense more or you're more courageous and you do things you wouldn't have otherwise done because you know you have the support or the tools or the network to ask for it. Um, so you do do so much more mm. in that space. So, yeah, so my next step was really I, I had started my Koya journey um, and I – after having that experience in Bali, I was like, I need to teach this because to me it was um, just the beautiful connection between what I had intuitively started to know, but then it was like a super practical tool that helped people do it for themselves. So I was like, I, I also knew that you can't have other people do that for you. You can't have people put you back in your own body. Like they can, they, they can facilitate some energetic alignment, but you have to get in your body like because it's your body it's your capsule it's your vessel to drive and it's been gifted to your soul so i think energetic healings are amazing but i also think if you don't want to stay in your body you won't and that's what we need to be able to do is is continue to be in congruence of this mind body spirit concept so that um, we can do what we want to do, but if you're not going to take ownership for that, then it it won't happen. <laughs> it can't. Yeah, <laughs> it can't. Yeah. It can't. Mm, completely. Mm. So, did you did you have a relationship with pleasure? What what did your relationship with pleasure look like prior to this? I didn't have one. Mm. It's like it was just completely not there. Um. I had a relationship to fun, I had a relationship to joy, I had a relationship to sex, but I didn't have a relationship to pleasure or pleasure in a broader concept. Um, so, yeah, I think we get kind of pumped down that, you know, we're to be happy, you know, everyone wants us to be happy. But I don't know, like I feel, feel now uh, – my connection to pleasure is more important than the fleeting emotion of happiness. <laughs> mm -hmm, um, yeah. So mm. yeah, I didn't have one and I find it's a constant, um, like any relationship it's, yeah, it's work. <laughs> it's like, I have to work on my relationship with pleasure even now, even after doing this work for, whatever, however long it's been, five years, six years, it's like mm. it, it can be fickle and I can deny it and I can um, not prioritise it. And But in the back, because I have done this work for a while, I, I know it's there for me and I know it's mine to access and I know it's my job to do it and no one else can. <laughs> mm. so yep. It's, so so was it's there... ongoing development. <laughs> Most definitely. I wonder if there was a defining moment for you when we talk about this concept of before pleasure and after pussy. Was there a singular defining moment or was it more a continuation to now? Mm. I think uh, I think there's definitely defining moments along the way, but I think it's also just a constant development. So mm. I think there's been things that you're like, oh, my God, look what happens when I put pleasure first. Like, wow um whether that's 
you know, the the way I even got myself to New York to do mastery with Regina was my sister and I sat in Italy and we wrote down all the money that I needed to get myself to New York um, to stay there for six months to do the program. And we just put it out there. And while we were doing it, we were eating like delicious you know what raclette like that cheese that comes off the thing and we were <laughs> drinking nice wine and it was just like a, i don't know it was like a wednesday lunchtime <laughs> very like random but we did it in such pleasure and we did it with just like abandonment you know this is what we're going to desire and it just seems so unlikely to happen like it was just such a short period of time that i had in order to make the money and just but then the lead up to it all it all happened as well like I'd been made redundant I'd had a payout I had no other work I had no I had no excuses other than finances not to do it and so when we put down what those actual finances were and we did it in this really like fun way um and then we just didn't even really think about it and then I got back home to Melbourne and literally I was still jet lagged and I got a call from an old boss who said, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I need some work. Have you got any? She's like, actually, can you come and interview like tomorrow? And I did. And when they asked me what my rate was, I had calculated how much I needed to earn with every spare day that I had for the dates before I was needed to be in New York. And I basically gave them that rate. And they said yes and i literally started the next day and so the next day i messaged my sister and i was like i'm coming to new york blow up the bed because yeah. i'm coming to camp when you're floor and that's and that's why we call usg pussy path manifest right right <laughs> and i think that's why that name i don't know it just it makes me laugh a lot but it's just you know following that like i could have made up a I could have made up so many excuses not to go like so many it would have been so easy to do that but when i was what felt like just gifted like exactly what i'd asked for then i couldn't say no to that and i had to let all those other boundaries go and all those all those other barriers go and just make it happen and i did and so that was you know that to me is when all those little things just drop into place and you think this is where I'm meant to be, but you know it in your body and all of a sudden your mind will shut up. I mean, it won't, it will still keep yelling at you, but you can more easily tell it, you know, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. Make up excuses mind. Um, my body totally. wants to do this and it's going to, and, and I feel supported by the universe to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah so there's yeah. like things like that but then like once I started doing the program it was just yeah, like tell tell our listeners a little more about like, the program as such yeah so for those um who don't know Regina Thomas she runs um or did run a program called the School of Womanly Arts which is based in New York and she ran a program for I think it was nearly 15 years or so called Mastery and um, the year that I did it, which was 2017, she had 600 women doing this program. And for those, um, she no longer runs the program, but she now does online um, 
programs and you can get a book and join our Pussy Book Club if that's of interest to you. And we we do we use the tools that are taught through mastery and in her book um, there. But I was lucky enough to go and do a live with her and 600 women from around the world who came into New York for I think it was four weekends or three weekends over four or five months um, with other work that you did online and connections and basically it was just this reintroduction back into our bodies and owning our pussies and actually even learning about the anatomy of pussy and getting all that actually correct because most of us have absolutely no idea what we're even working with Um, and we usually call it all the wrong names Um, but that was that first step and then really it was this reclamation of pleasure and what our body is able to offer us which then gives us a greater sense of empowerment not only of ourselves but of what we want to create Um, and through that I just got to have the most fabulous experiences because these 600 women were challenged to be pleasure researchers and activists for each other and they created a sisterhood that I had never experienced before and it was just one that was so supportive and fun and encouraged to do um yeah just to break through edges that we all have in order to see what else what else is possible as one of my gorgeous sg friends carla would say what else is possible what else is possible and so much more is possible once you start asking that question and yeah we just had some amazing times um you know learning to be back in our bodies and movement like central movement through s factor and nights out where you know i i met this most beautiful man and i you know my request to his him was would you like to be my pleasure researcher and we went out on the town in New York, like just like it was just hilarious. And it was just stuff that I would have never done before. There was risks that I took that I wouldn't have done. There was learning and experiences. And I was just so grateful for that whole um, that whole six months. It was just mm, it yeah. really provided me such a solid platform for what I wanted to do or create or or be when I came back to Melbourne Mm, so tell us a little bit about that tell us a little bit about coming back like tell us a little bit about Mm. leaving that and then coming back to Melbourne because I imagine there was a big shift there yeah yeah (laughs) that would be basically what they call a rupture in um Rowena's uh, Rowena's Regina's language um so yeah coming back to Melbourne was it was hard. I I had to find work and um, I got home and I, as much as I love my girlfriends and I'm sure they'll all listen, um, there was a, a piece missing for me now. I just felt like, and I say this at the beginning of the book club, I didn't want to talk about the weather anymore. I, didn't, I wanted to really know. Like I felt like I knew these women that I'd met in New York so much more even though I'd only known them for like six months than I did some of my girlfriends who I'd known for 20 years it was and to me that seemed ridiculous um 
And so I really wanted to uh, access a community that wanted that. And so I did go back into working um, corporate work in HR, always sort of knowing that there was something else for me and something else that I needed to do. And so I, I have for the last six years really drip fed my way out of that work. Um, just, you know, balancing financial obligations and and how much I could tolerate being in a corporate environment <laughs> as much as I could. So, yeah, I came back and I had qualified as a Koya teacher and so I started to really commit to my own embodiment work and showing up to share the practice of Koya. And through that, um, yeah, I then just... I, it came to 2018 and I'd had a, I, um, I miscarried in 2018. I got pregnant in November, 2017. And, um, I sat in the bottom of my shower in January, 2018, and I miscarried for about six hours. I bled <laughs> into my shower mm. and, as I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, just stay present, just stay present. This is a rupture. There is going to be meaning in this. There is going to be something that's more important for you than birthing this baby. Like you've got other things you need to do was basically the messages that were coming through. And I felt, I felt like that baby leaving was a real gift of I wasn't ready to create someone else <laughs> I had to create myself first I had mm -hmm. to do I had a job on me first and that was the learning for me that was the lesson in the rupture for me I was like okay I have to really commit to showing up for what I want to create what I really want to create. And obviously I went through things of, I don't know what that is. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, my God, this is done. And then I got to about March and I just thought, okay, well, what's been such a shifter for me? This book, this work. And I thought, stuff it. I'm just going to offer a book club and online and I'm just going to put it out there. And I think I charge hardly anything more. It was like a, six week thing and I just thought I don't even care if I get one person signing up at least there'll be one person I can have these conversations with and I don't have to talk about the weather all the time <laughs> and so I did I put it out there and then um I had one person sign up and very very special lady showing up and that was Jen and you charged you charged $44. I oh, there you go. I charged $44. <laughs> I charged $44 of angel money to buy my first sister goddess Australian friend. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm forever yeah. grateful. <laughs> yeah. And I think, mm. um, I think at the time, I think you said to me, do you want to do it? It's just me. And I was like, yes, I do. I really just want to do it because I want to do it for myself because I knew um, I wanted to use the tools and it didn't matter that it was just one person because you have to start with one person. Everything starts with one person anyway. Mm. And so, yeah, so Jen and I journey through that 
book together. And for me, just witnessing what happened to Jen, and she will get to tell you that story herself, but being a witness to that was like, holy crap, this stuff, it's not just me that it's happening to. It's like when you put it into practice, it seriously transforms stuff. And it's so accessible. That was the other thing. Like we talk about the barriers. Like you think, oh, it's not for me. It's going to be like too woo-woo or it's too sexualized or it's too Too something, too hard, too (laughs) Too much, enough, whatever that is. But when you actually do it, it's like, oh, God, it's not even hard and it's fun. (laughs) And it's you can access it. It doesn't matter where you're starting, what starting book you're on, like it's can be accessed and once you do it just yeah it just creates a different depth of experience yes thank you yeah Yeah. so thank you for sharing so vulnerably vulnerably thanks for sharing your story um I think something I'd like to go back to in a way to sort of bring it full circle is like, you know, you talk of miscarriage and I know that you have a mini goddess, you know, we've said in the intro that you have a mini goddess, you're baking one at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like what's your relationship to pleasure now? Well, I think this is like hilarious because (laughs) I mean, I, I, I miscarried then and then, I miscarried again last July, um, 2020. Mm-hmm. And these pregnancies, for anyone listening, I'm also 42. So I was not ever really expecting to have kids. I was, you know, I was okay with that. I was happy to go on creating what I was creating. But when I sort of had this jolt of, oh, it's, it's still a potential and, my partner was open to it and was willing to um, go there if that's what we wanted to do. Um, and after that miscarriage in July, I really was like, all right, I have to not do this by accident anymore. Mm-hmm. And I need to take more ownership of this and I need to create consciously. If this is what I truly want to do, then I want to do it as a conscious creation as opposed to just an accident um, happening to me and I'm being a victim to it. Mm, totally. Uh, so I sort of had many chats to myself about it and where was that pleasure? And I have to be totally honest, pregnancy and pleasure are currently not connected in my mind. <laughs> I found pregnancy to be incredibly challenging, incredibly challenging. And I'm more than happy to be honest about it. Yeah, it's not do. been an easy path because I think it's, I think it's important for listeners as well. It's pleasure is not something that we default to. We don't. <laughs> In fact, our brains are not wired to choose it. They'll choose every other thing but it and so you have to really consciously choose pleasure and for me it's been very hard to get everything um aligned because I've been so used to knowing my body so well and 
being a, it was kind of easier to get the congruence when it was just me in my body, but having another soul in my body or another another being, being. being, I like, I, she hasn't robbed me it's the wrong word but it's like I feel like at times I've been robbed of that and therefore to find my um to find my truth has been hard really hard and with the hormones and just other challenges ailments and all the different things that have come up um mm. have made that uh, yeah, hard and has made pleasure a harder choice than ever before, to be honest. Yeah. Really, ever before. Yeah, um, thanks for your honesty. Yeah, in that. so there's mm. there's that cycle of the creation, but it's also you know, you know, as with birth, there's the pain, and then there's the well, it doesn't have to be the pain, but there's the pressure. <laughs> Let's just call it pressure. Pressure, pressure. Yeah, if you're in the hypno hypno birthing world, you're like it's the pressure, and then you know birth the new creation so yeah. how we you know want to align to that um so would you say would you s- one. Mm, thank you would you say that's been your greatest shift the greatest shift that you've experienced is that um taking back ownership of being the creation of this child but also the creatrix of your own experience is that the greatest shift or would you speak to something else as being the greatest shift for you I think the greatest shift is just like trusting what I know and I don't mean no um, intellectually intellectually mm-hmm. trusting what I know in internally from an embodied um sense of knowing has been my greatest shift and this understanding of and we talk about this in book club too about aligning you know my pussy my heart and my head knowing like where does that all sit into alignment and I think from there I know what's right for me and I know what's not like I know my yes and I know my no so much stronger than ever before and because of that I get to make different choices even ones that I think intellectually are stupid <laughs> but outrageous because we, we yeah, can reframe that as outrageous <laughs> it's probably true outrageous is probably good, but just like oh my god everyone else is gonna think I'm nuts yeah but I can't do that anymore I just mm. can't do that anymore um and I know I want to do this instead or I don't know what it is but I know that's not it and I'm just going to wait until I get the sign for what is next. So that to me has been the biggest shift. It's kind of like just getting off the treadmill of whatever everybody else is doing at the same time and trying to let go of you know, the societal expectations about what is right when and you should have been married by now and you should have had the kid by now and you should own a home and you should live in the suburbs or not. You should, yeah, yeah, like just working out for myself what is what is that. And, you know, the biggest part has been the work that I do, like mm-hmm. stepping out of work that was so financially rewarding but soul crushing (laughs) 
to, you know, working in this more kind of challenging entrepreneurial space, but loving everything that I get to do. Like, yeah, down to the fact, you know, I have calls with you, Jen, like on a Thursday and we're working like even our chats are working because we mm-hmm. put them all into the creation of what we create. And it's just so fun. And then when we offer it, it's just so powerful. And then when we see what happens, it's like, that is so good. Yes. And even the well-being stuff I do in the corporate space, it's like just seeing these aha moments for people when they might just have this one embodied glimpse of, oh, I have thoughts and I have sensations and I have distractions. And using these tools to navigate um and come to greater self-acceptance or tools to access pleasure in your every day, whether that's like, you know, slowing down to drink your cup of tea or, you know, making sure you go for a walk in nature. Like just these little aha moments, that's that's what's been the biggest shift. Mm, awesome. Wonderful. So like if if knowing the truth, is has been the biggest shift for you Mm. it's like if for the listeners it's you know we've all got these areas of our lives that this work this this reclamation of our whole selves flows out into and that it touches things like you mentioned work and relationship and family and friendship and you know our mental and our physical health so you've kind of touched on there that perhaps work was the one area that you felt the shift has been the most impactful I think so because I think to me that was that was my biggest dissatisfaction so Mm. that was where I needed the shift to happen the most and it's been a very well it's been a slow one it's been a you know it's taken me a long time and I still will dip my feet in and out of dissatisfying work just to top up my bank account but I don't now I mean, I included in the bio here that I've worked in HR, but I don't say to people I'm a HR person anymore. Like I'll say I work in embodiment or I work with women and, um, you know, I invite people back into their bodies and I teach them about pussy and pleasure and consciousness, basically. How do we enhance consciousness? So I'm willing to step into that now where I have been frightened to do that before. Um, and that's what this work has given me. And I guess that comes also with age as well. Like mm. you definitely start to give less shits. <laughs> what other people think. <laughs> and it, when you like, yeah, access that. So I think work is definitely a big one. But also relationships, like intimate relationships, um, have really changed for me as a result of this work. And you know, even with um, all the stuff that's going on in in our culture and um, all what's, you know, patriarchal nightmares at Parliament House and stuff, I just, this work has really taught me what that's all about and where that sits and, you know, cons- what is consent for me and how do I build those um I don't know what they are, those structures or those ideals into the relationships that I want to have and how I want to show up in them. So definitely, definitely the 
to the mm. bigger spaces yeah wonderful so what are your biggest takeaways then what's your biggest takeaway or learning on this path to reclamation for you mm. I think the biggest takeaway it's kind of like it's the simplicity but it's like it's the wisdom of the body mm -hmm. like and trusting that wisdom over the clutter of the mind um i think one of the things that has been the most i don't know it's funny is like recognizing that like different parts of you have different voices <laughs> and so yeah they so do <laughs> Yeah, it's like so you can choose which one you want to action. Like that's a choice. Like this greater sense of awareness gives us choice. Yeah. And um, it's not always easy to do. I mean, I had a moment on like Tuesday night where I was just like, I just felt so overwhelmed by everything. I couldn't have told you which way was up and which way was down or which voice was <laughs> where, but you know, it shifts so quickly when you know that, like, I just knew that I didn't know anything and I just had to be in that knowing that it will come back. It comes, it will come back. That knowing comes back if you allow it. So yeah, the biggest takeaways are around this trusting the wisdom of the body and using, trusting the cycles of, of the natural world, my body, um, and just these concepts of expanding and contraction and trusting that it's perfect, whatever it is, mm, even if it's yeah. like, even if it feels hard as shit, it's like, okay, this is perfect anyway, <laughs> and it's going to change. And that's okay. Yeah. 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 It's such a big theme of trust coming through in everything that you're sharing today. Totally. Um, it seems, you know, it's underpinning everything for you when we talk about, you know, your own pussy reclamation. I wonder what would your advice be to other women who may be curious about going on that for themselves, like their own pussy reclamation? Yeah, I think my advice for women who are even open to listening um, to this podcast or have even overcome the name of the podcast in order to get here is that that little voice is really important. <laughs> whatever the little voice is that's overriding your dominant voice is really important and you need to listen to her or you need to give that airtime. And so even if it's just a tiny spark of curiosity around what this can do for you, take it, just take it and low on it to make it burn a little brighter in whatever way that is for you but um just acknowledging that you know if you've never listened to your body before just think how big your body is in compared to your brain anyway and then, and there's another teacher of mine that says you know mark Walsh, she talks about you know the, the body's not a brain taxi it's not just there to take you from a to b like take your little bobble head from you know the office to the home to whatever you know like there's more purpose to it and when we allow ourselves to claim our whole bodies including our pussies including um our wombs including all the things that we don't usually get to talk about like we need to claim the whole 
wholeness of it and we talk about coming back into wholeness but you know I see a lot of spiritual stuff and they just exclude that bit it's just like a like blacked out <laughs> spot <laughs> like it's being mm-hmm. filtered on Instagram with nipples or whatever like totally what's that like yeah we need to learn how to use all the instruments that we've been given the whole, the whole entity yeah, the whole entity, entity. exactly mm. exactly so when we talk about other women and we talk about um sisterhood I wonder how reclaiming these parts of yourself, you know, has it influenced? And I, I know I'm asking this question of you knowing <laughs> what you're going to say, but I wonder whether it has influenced or changed the way that you relate to other women. You talked about your, your um, friends earlier versus relationships with um, sister goddesses that you connected with first in New York. It's like I'd love you to share with the listeners a little more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel um, the thing about the sisterhood or where the sisterhood needs to go and we all have a lot of sisterhood wounds or um, we get told a lot of stories about you can't trust women and they're out to get your man or whatever kind of crap the patriarchy has tried to feed us in order to separate us. Um, but for me, my biggest takeaway, and I, I also always say this at the beginning of book club is, you know, we're not here to like each other. We don't have to like everything about, you know, what another woman does, but to be able to hold space for them and honor their journey, whatever that journey is, whatever path they are on because we're all given such different starting blocks and to know that you'd be on exactly the same path they are if you were on their starting block that it just gives you such a greater acceptance and also just a greater um like i'm in awe of women especially (laughs) under this pregnancy piece it's like holy fuck like how do we do all this I, i like really really (laughs) we get gifted so much but we take on so much and how we show up every day um for ourselves or for others in all the ways that we do the community um yeah like my admiration for women is so much greater than it was before yeah because i i never appreciated it enough and I was too busy judging or disapproving it to really um, acknowledge, like, yeah. how sophisticated actually everybody's uh, stories are and how yeah. nuanced they are. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful reflecting. Beautiful sharing. Thank you. Yeah. And SG Nicola, we could go on and on. <laughs> Um, we could and we do <laughs> and we do and I suppose I'd love to bring everything to a close here yeah. today and say that it's been such a pleasure and it's always in my honor and my pleasure and my privilege as a matter of fact like to hold space for you and to hold this space for you to share your pussy tail with our listeners and 
so in the traditions of the School of the Womanly Arts and Book Club with a Difference, I would love for you to share what your favourite frame from this experience has been today. Mm. What did you see, hear or feel during our time here together today that you'd like to honour? Oh, I think this is a really interesting process, even for me, like having... Um, you know, even kind of knowing what was happening today, but just this, oh, that's the train going by, toot. Um, <laughs> I think my favourite frame is just recognising actually the depth that this work goes to and also that, like, the breadcrumbs that lead you to where you're going, like, even if you don't know, like, like I, I don't know what my destination is but I've given up caring <laughs> because when I look back and I get to reflect on how I got here I couldn't have planned it anyway like there was no plan in that and so I think my favorite frame is just seeing that through our conversation today coming up again and again and then as we said like the word trust comes up a lot and just, I guess, re reiterating that to myself, especially during this crazy time of change, was like, mm. it'll happen anyway. So just trust it. <laughs> like, yes, thank you. Just, yeah, like I think we all need that little message. Thank yeah, you. Whatever thank will you. happen, will happen anyway. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for your favourite frame. Thank you. Thank you. Did so, you have a favourite frame? Well, I'm, I was going to favourite frame the word trust. I mm. was just... Yeah, for me, it's um, it's in every piece that we've spoken to, it seems it's completely underpinned. You know, we call you SG, you know, pussy manifester. It's yeah. like maybe it need maybe you need to rethink that. Maybe it needs to be <laughs> SG <laughs> pussy trust. <laughs> SG, SG trust queen. Yeah, we'll have to have a think about that one. So, SG, to round out our interview today, I'd love to invite you, which is something we're going to take all the women who we share these stories within this space on, I would invite you to play the pussy power round. <laughs> so, answers to these questions, SG. My pussy is? My pussy is a creator. Thank you. My pussy can. This is very Glennon Doyle. I feel like um, my pussy can do hard things. Yes. <laughs> awesome. My pussy leads me to. My pussy leads me to the best outcomes for me. Thank you. And finally, my pussy superpower is. My Pussy superpower is drawing in the right people. And yeah, I think that was totally not what I thought I was going to say, but I think, I think that's it. It's just like, how do we, yeah, it's like sending the right people at the right time. Mm, well mm. bragged, SG. Well bragged. And I think Thank that's you. the way I, I'm actually feeling like that's the way I'd love to close today. I'd love to offer you the opportunity Thank of you. sharing a trinity with our listeners today. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, oh gosh, on the spot trinity. So 
Well, I brag that um, we are getting to record this and offer this um, out to anyone who's willing to listen. And I brag that we're doing it with no expectations and I brag that we're doing it in our own pleasure. Well bragged, SG. Well bragged. <laughs> um, and I'm grateful that I get this opportunity to share my story and I'm grateful um, that we're creating this platform for other women to share their stories um, because I think it is a really powerful piece when we have a voice and we can, we can, yeah, honestly and vulnerably share what happens to us because we know that it helps others because there's always someone else doing similar things that needs Thank the encouragement. You. Yeah. Thank you, SG. And your desire. My desire, more women to get on our pleasure train or get on a pleasure train, even if it's not our pleasure train. <laughs> but I desire more women to access um, more wisdom from their bodies so that they can be the change that we need in this um, in this day and age. So I desire more pussy-led women in yes. not only in my life but in the world. Yes, and so shall it be, SG, or something even better beyond your pussy's wildest <laughs> dreams. <laughs> Thank you, SG Jen. I'm so honoured that you got on the pleasure train with me and I'm so excited for what we can create together. Yes, thank mm. you. If you would like to connect with Nicola and learn more about her work offering, just head to her website at www.infinitytherapies.com.au or follow her on Facebook, uh, that's Infinity Therapies Melb, M-E-L-B, or you can also catch her on Instagram at Infinity Therapies. I'm excited to let you know that in our next episode, I will be sitting down with Sister Goddess Nicola to share my pussy tale and story of reclamation before we venture out further into the greater Sister Goddess world and bring in the stories of some of the amazing, inspiring and courageous women who we've had the absolute honour of working with and journeying alongside. We'd also like to take this opportunity today to let you know that we are about to again offer our wildly successful Pussifying Money program, which is an opportunity for you to explore your relationship to the feminine and money. This four-week series kicks off on Sunday the 21st of March and we would love to invite you to join us for what one former participant spoke to as a game changer and a wild ride not to be missed. Thank you for joining us today and make sure you follow Pussy Tales to be notified of the next pleasure field instalment.